we'll be reading the 32 verses of this chapter. Deuteronomy chapter 11, beginning at verse 1, what we hear now is God's word. You shall therefore love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his rules, and his commandments always. And consider today, since I am not speaking to your children who have not known or seen it, consider the discipline of the Lord your God his greatness, his mighty hand, and his outstretched arm, his signs and his deeds that he did in Egypt to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and to all his land, and to what he did to the army of Pharaoh, to their horses and to their chariots, how he made the water of the Red Sea flow over them as they pursued after you, and how the Lord has destroyed them to this day and what he did to you in the wilderness until you came to this place, and what he did to Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Aliav, son of Reuben, how the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households, their tents, and every living thing that followed them in the midst of all Israel. For your eyes have seen all the great work of the Lord that he did. You shall therefore keep the whole commandment that I command you today, that you may be strong and go in and take possession of the land that you are going over to possess, and that you may live long in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give them and to, to them and to their offspring, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land that you are entering to take possession of is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and irrigated it like a garden of vegetables. But the land that you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven, a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And if you will indeed obey my commandments that I command you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, he will give the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the later rain, that you may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil. And he will give grass for your, in your fields for your livestock and you shall eat and be full. Take care, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will shut up the heavens, so there will be no rain, and the land will yield no fruit, and you will perish quickly off the good land that the Lord is giving you. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house, when you are walking by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, 
that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, as long as the heavens are above the earth. For if you will be careful to do all this commandment that I command you to do, loving the Lord your God, walking in all his ways, holding fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you, and you will dispossess nations greater and mightier than you. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. Your territory, territory shall be from the wilderness to the, to the Lebanon and from the river, the river Euphrates, to the western sea. No one shall be able to stand against you. The Lord your God will lay the fear of you and the dread of you on the land that you shall tread he, as he promised you. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you today, and a curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way that I'm commanding you today to go after other gods that you have not known. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to take possession of it, you shall set the blessing on Mount Gerizim and the curse on Mount Ebal. Are they not beyond the Jordan, west of the road, toward going down to the sun, in the land of the Canaanites who live in the Arva, opposite Gilgal, by the oak of Moreh. For you are to cross over the Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And when you possess it and live in it, you shall be careful to do all the statutes and the rules that I am setting before you today. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, it is the end of August. Summer is over. Our thoughts turn back to education and schooling. Many of our children have returned to school at various levels, and as I mentioned earlier, our church education year will soon begin. It is our regular practice at this time of year to remember Remember the importance of training our children in the fear of the Lord. So this morning, we look at this text from Deuteronomy chapter 11. You recall that the book of Deuteronomy is really Moses recounting for the people of Israel their history. Israel, years earlier, had been taken out of captivity. They had been brought into the wilderness, but they were disobedient and so wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. The former generation had died out. It was only those who were 20 years and younger that were still alive, and it is now 40 years later. These are now uh, 40, 50, 60-year-olds. And he says, as you prepare to enter the promised land, don't forget your history and don't forget to pass that history on to your children. Chapter 11 begins, You shall therefore love the Lord your God and keep His charge, His statutes, His rules, and His commandments always. That's kind of Moses' summary statement. He goes on, And consider today 
Since I'm not speaking to your children who have not known or seen it. Uh, The syntax is a little irregular, but what he's saying is, whereas you, the adults, have seen what God has done, your children did not see that. They were born in the wilderness. They were born after the deliverance. And they are the ones who therefore need to be instructed in the ways of the Lord. Tell them. Tell them what God has done for you. And that word of encouragement to the people of Israel is also a word of encouragement to us today. A word of challenge to us today as parents. The importance of passing on the glories of who God is and what He has done to our children. Now, God has given us wonderful helps in doing that. He gives us the church. He gives us Sunday school classes and catechism classes. He gives us local Christian schools which teach the glories of the world around us in light of who God is to train our children in these wonderful ways. But ultimately, ultimately, we are responsible as parents to make sure our children are instructed in the ways of the Lord. This morning, we're going to talk about the importance of teaching our children. Moses says in verse 2, Consider the discipline of the Lord your God, His greatness, His mighty hand, and His outstretched arm. Teach your children in light of who God is, for He is a powerful God. Moses goes on, verse 3, His signs and the deeds that He did in Egypt to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and to all His land, and what He did to the army of Egypt, to their horses and their chariots, how He made the water of the Red Sea flow over them as they pursued after you, how the Lord has destroyed them to this day. Moses says, remind your children, teach your children that God is a powerful God and a God who will protect them. Tell them the story of Pharaoh. How how Pharaoh would be drowned in the Red Sea and his host drowned in the Red Sea. The power of God to defend and protect his people. Our children need to know God is powerful. God is almighty, and that He cares for us. He protects us from the forces from outside, from Pharaoh and his army. Even today, God continues to protect us, His children, from forces outside the church. It sometimes seems like Uh, The power of external forces, the power of the government can seem so strong. But our children have to know God is more powerful. More powerful than even the strongest structures in government around us. As we sing, although the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. Teach our children God is in control watching over and protecting his people from those challenges that come from outside the church and from challenges that come from within the church. Moses goes on. 
He says, don't forget, verse 6, don't forget what God did to Dathan and Aviram, the sons of Eliab, son of Reuben, how the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households, their tents, and every living thing that followed them in the midst of all of Israel. Remember that story, children. The Israelite children have to be told this story. How there was this group of men, Korah, Dathan, and Aviram, who challenged God's appointed leader, Moses, who didn't want to follow God's appointed leader, who thought they could do their own thing. From within Israel, the challenge came. And God vindicated His anointed. God vindicated His chosen. And the earth opened up and swallowed Dathan and Aviram and their household. God protects His people from challenges within. And there are certainly, still today, challenges that come to the truth of God's anointed. Challenges that come to who Jesus Christ is from within the church. Believing that perhaps there are other ways of doing things beyond what Christ has laid out in His Holy Word. Elevating ourselves above Him. Teach our children, it is God who has the final say. And God's anointed Jesus Christ as that that only hope for fallen sinners. Yes, challenges come from outside. And challenges come from inside. And God, in the midst of all of it, continues to protect His people. He is mighty. He is powerful. Remember His great acts beyond what they could have imagined. Remember what God can do. Verse 7, for your eyes have seen the great work of the Lord that He did. Speaking to the adults now, your eyes have seen it, but your kids have not. Teach them the truth. Teach them what God did. Teach them how He cared for you. And that challenge for us today as well. We have seen the power of God in our lives. God has taken us through a variety of circumstances that our children probably don't even know about. We want to teach them God is powerful, powerful to protect throughout our lives. The importance of teaching this truth to our children, that He has delivered them out of Egypt and continues to protect them throughout their lives. And so, Moses gives a a very simple instruction, verse 8, you shall therefore keep the whole commandment that I command you today. In a word, kids, the command is obedience. That's the command of God. Obedience. Because of who He is, because of what He has done, Remember, He has taken them out of captivity. He has released them. He has cared for them, even through the wilderness wanderings. And as they prepare to cross over into the promised land, simple obedience. Live the way God calls you to. And He will, farther in Deuteronomy, lay that out very, very specifically. How they are to live and walk before Him. The simplicity of of following after God and teaching that simple truth. Kids, even you get that. You know you need to obey your parents. 
That is simple. Now, you hear me say that every Sunday morning. Children, obey your parents. It is simple, but it's not necessarily easy. The simplicity of doing what God asks, simply obey my commands, is not necessarily easy because of our fallenness, because of our sinfulness, because of our desire to to go our own ways. But remember, Moses says, remember, this is the command of God. Simply follow and obey. And he says, you're going to need that because you're going to a different land. Very interesting how he describes this in verse 12. He says, for the land that you are entering to take possession of is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and irrigated it like a garden of vegetables. How, uh, what was the character of Egypt with regard to the growing of the plants? Egypt was well supplied with water by the Nile River. And there was a fairly elaborate irrigation system in the land of Egypt. They relied upon the Nile to water their crops. Moses reminds them, you're going into a different land. Verse 12, excuse me, verse 11, but the land that you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys which drinks water by the rain from heaven. A land that the Lord your God cares for. And the eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it. You are going to have to rely upon God. You can't rely upon the things you see around you. You can't rely upon the Nile River anymore, but rely upon God's providence in sending what is necessary. And kids have to be taught that. That we rely and we live according to the providence of God. Now certainly when we must be mindful, we must be stewardly with the gifts God gives us, but ultimately we are dependent upon Him. That's that's the lesson that they had to teach their children. That's the lesson our children have to learn. That while it may be the case that mom or dad go to work and get a paycheck and buy the groceries and pay the mortgage and pay for Christian school tuition and all these things, it is by the providence of God that these things come our way. And in light of that glorious providence, Knowing he will provide for our needs, he calls forth simple obedience. Trust in him that he will continue to care for his people. The eyes of the Lord are on this land always from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. God is always watching over his people to provide what they need. Kids, right now, you're very dependent on mom and dad. You're dependent on your parents. And they are dependent on the providence of God. Parents, teach your kids that. That that it is God who provides the food on our table. It is God who gives us the roof over our head. It is God who gives us the conveniences that we enjoy. His ongoing care for his people because he loves them and his eyes are on them from the beginning of the year to the end. Teach our children this simple command, follow after this great God. Trust in his providence in your life. Moses goes on 
to talk about the blessing that comes when we live in this light of obedience. Verse 13, and if you will indeed obey my commandment that I command you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, he will give the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the later rain, that you may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil, and he will give grass in the fields for your livestock, and they shall eat and be full. When we live in the light of who God is, a God who has delivered us, a God who protects us, a God who providentially cares for us, and we recognize all these things and live, live in light of the commands that he gives, we receive the blessing. It's as if God blesses us and blesses us and blesses us and then blesses us some more. He blesses us with deliverance. He blesses us with protection. He blesses us by his providence. He calls forth our obedience, and when we do that, he continues to bless. I'll send the earlier rains. I'll send the later rains. The, the, the picture here, the, the, the growing season in Israel, uh, they needed the early rains. They would come in about October or November. They needed the early rains. Remember, they're in the desert to, to soften up the soil. The early rains will come to soften the soil so that you can plant your crops. And then there's the growing season, and then the later rains were that last water that they needed to, to finish up the crop. And the, the picture given here is he'll give you the early rains, he'll give you the later rains, and he'll give you all the rain you need in between. God will provide absolutely everything necessary when you follow him, when you when you seek to be obedient to this deliverer God, this providing God, this providential God, He will meet every need. Not every want, not everything that comes across our mind, but He will meet every need. Our kids have to know that. There may be things they want that God does not provide, but there is nothing they need that they will lack. Kids, you have a God who loves you, who cares for you, who will provide you with absolutely everything you need from the beginning to the end throughout your life. This is the God who cares for you. We have to teach our kids that, remind our kids that, that there is blessing in following in the ways of the Lord. There is blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Because Moses is a realist. Moses knows the people he is talking to. Verse 16, take care lest your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will shut up the heavens. So there will be no rain, and the land will yield no fruit, and you will perish quickly off the good land the Lord is giving you. He knows. He's speaking to fallen, sinful people. He knows the hearts and how easily 
we are turned aside from that call to obedience. How easily we leave the path of faithfulness and turn to unfaithfulness. Moses has lived it with these people, with their parents. How they would reject God's anointed and how they would go their own way and be punished for it. And so Moses says, let your kids know that too. There is blessing in following in the ways of the Lord. And there is danger in following the ways of disobedience. Following your own heart. Crediting other gods, whether that be our work, ourself, whatever. Crediting other gods for what the true God has done. The warning that comes. Yes, there is abundant blessing, but beware, because God is a holy God, a God who will have no rivals. And if you don't take care to place your heart and your trust with Him, He will shut up the heavens. There will be no fruit, no grain, and you will perish quickly from off the land. And so he, he continues this instruction to the parents and says this in verse 18. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine. Teach them. Lay them up. In your heart, in your soul, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children talking of them when you are sitting in your house, when you are walking by the way, when you lie down and when you rise, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land the Lord swore to give to your fathers. They are to instruct their children. First, lay them up themselves. They are to love God. They are to seek obedience. They are to seek to follow Him because of what He has done. But then pass that on to the next generation. And how do they do that? I, I use the word on the outline, a pervasive method. It could have been ongoing method. It could have been constant method. The idea is it's happening all the time. Our children should be overwhelmed with the instruction we continue to give them again and again and again, reminding them over and over of the power of God, taking them to the Word of God and His promises to us and to our children. Now, he talks here about um, these things are signs on your hands and frontlets between your eyes. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Israelites later took that very, very literally, and they would write these little words and put phylacteries, little boxes on their heads and things. The, the idea is these are to be in the forefront. The instruction in the Word of God that we give to our children is to be important to us. It is to direct us. It is to move us. And our kids have to, have to know that that everything we do is in light of what God has done for us, in light of the deliverance, in light of His power, in the light of His providence, we then seek to live for Him because of who God is. We lay up His words in our hearts, in our souls. He says these things are to be on the door frames, the doorposts of your house. Our, our homes should be characterized as those which are directed by the Word of God. Now, that can be done in a number of ways, but at the very least, at the very least, it means that we 
as families, hear the Word of God together. When I was growing up, every meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, every meal, there was a reading of the Word of God. It was the character of the way my parents raised us. As, as fundamental as eating our meals, we had to be fed on God's Word. That was a huge blessing. And unfortunately, for many, it is a blessing which is going by the wayside. We get too busy. Got to make it out the door for the sports game. Got to make it out the door for band practice. Got to make it out the door to get to work. Got to make it out the door for whatever reason. And we, and we, we leave that, that, that time of feeding together on the Word of God. I would encourage you with everything I have, parents, don't give in to that pressure. Don't give in to the busyness. There is nothing more valuable than spending time as a family around the table in God's Word. Teach these things to your children. It should be the character of your house. Teach these things, he says, when you're in your homes, and teach these things when you're out. It, it doesn't matter where you are. We always live in light of who God is and what He does for us. Teach these things in the morning. Teach these things in the evening, throughout the day. As I said, we have the wonderful blessing of having wonderful Christian schools that can help us in this ongoing, daily training of our children. But it doesn't end in the Christian school. That is a help to us as parents. It is our responsibility then to talk with our children, to ask what did they learn in school today? How does the Word of God affect their understanding of the world around them? Of course, age-specific. But it, don't think that we've done our job as parents if we send our kids to the Christian school. It's a help. It's, I, I'm one of the biggest fans of Christian education. My dad was a Christian school teacher 37 years. But it is a help to us as parents. It is not a replacement. We are responsible for our children. We are responsible to teach them that they be brought up in the fear of the Lord. And so he says in verse 26, See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey the command of the Lord, but turn aside to the way I'm commanding you, and go after other gods you have not known. Teaching our children who God is. Teaching our children in light of His Word is a matter of life and death, a matter of blessing and curse, a matter of obedience, walking in the paths of righteousness, or disobedience, which leads to destruction. It's a huge task. 
it's certainly beyond what any of us can do on our own, but God has not left us on our own. He has given us helps. He has given us the church. He has given us uh, Christian day schools. He's given us these tools to help us. And He Himself works in the lives of our children. He Himself is the one who, who ultimately instructs them through His Word and by His Spirit. We are, we are the instruments that God uses for that glorious purpose. He lays upon us an obligation. Follow the Lord your God, obey the Lord your God, love Him with heart, soul, mind, and strength, and teach your children to do the same. Parents, make that a matter of your prayers from the time your children are young in your arms. Make that a matter of your practice as they grow and grow and grow. And and by God's grace, we will see his care over them as well. I lay before you blessing and curse. I lay before you obedience, disobedience, which is always the way. God, uh, there's never a third option. Uh, the, 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 the same is true with the glories of salvation. I don't lay before you Jesus or someone else or someone else or someone else. You either follow Jesus or you do not. You recognize him as Lord and Savior or you do not. And he calls us once again today to recognize him, to recognize he is the deliverer, the one who's taken us out of Egypt, the one who's protecting us and providing for us. And therefore, he calls us to live for him, to teach our children to live for him, for his honor and for his glory. May God, by his grace, help us to to follow this glorious command. Those who know the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, those who know what he has done, to teach that story, that history, that powerful God to our children, to their children, for the generations to come, that they may live long in the land the Lord is giving them. Let's join together in prayer. Oh Lord our God, we, we love you. For you are great, you are glorious, you are powerful, you are the God who's delivered us out of captivity, and you are the God who then instructs us and teaches us the way in which we should live. Lord, help us to share that simple but glorious truth with our children also, that they may grow to, to love you, to embrace Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, to seek to live their lives for him, and then train their children as well. You are a God of generations and we thank you that even in our own congregation, we can see your generational faithfulness. Lord God, when we get weak, when we get frail, may we not become frustrated. May we turn to you once again, asking that you work mightily and powerfully in the lives of us and in the lives of our children. Hear our prayer, O oh God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.